try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only protonic reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to the Terror Dome. So I would like to say that right now, uh, for the audio listeners, which is going to be most of you, that you are missing out on quite the visual treat. So this might be the f- one, the first time I actually mentioned that you want to uh, look at the YouTube version of this whenever I deign for that to go up. Because my guest, the incredible Sam Paulson, has a, an incredible outfit. is apparently manning the uh, Starship Enterprise, which, which is lovely. Yes. Uh, Sam Paulson, this is so great to have you. Uh, Ivana Nova of Manor Astroman, Sam Shark... Queen Samantha for Mean Queen, <laughs> a la Tony Danza. I'm glad I'm glad you didn't say Mean Sam. <laughs> mean Sam, yeah. <laughs> so I think that I think it's something where there's so many awesome things that you have done that uh, you know people do the thing where they adopt the uh, the punk rock name, right? Like the punk rock name is the name of your yeah. band, et cetera, et cetera, and. Yeah. It's kind of harder when you're uh, when you've been in a, a bunch of cool bands. It's, it's a real problem. It's have, a real problem, Sam. I have too. Ma- I have too many names. I have too many identities. It's, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> Actually, when you ask me that, like, what do you want to go by? I, yeah. I had to think about it for way too long, probably, because I, yeah, I, I didn't know which one most was was the most me. So I went with my my real name <laughs> yeah yeah well there's not, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with uh using your real name uh there's nothing wrong with nom de rocks either nom de rocks as they yeah. are as they are known in the world. okay there we go that's that was fiction of volume level there okay and um so i knew we versus the shark from like way back in the day like when that mm-hmm. man was around yeah. kind of for the first time uh but like only by, only yeah exactly only by name i didn't actually uh you know i think you i think you guys were on my list of like hey if we ever get down there we should contact you know x y and z band like, like kind of situation i, I want to start with yeah. you versus the shark because you guys reconvened yeah. you, the whole band reconvened. we did and that's we kind did of a, secretly yeah <laughs> yeah it's a wild it's a kind of a wild story and i wonder if you might uh, tell us a little yeah. more about that yeah, yeah. So uh, We vs. the Shark is the reason I moved to Athens um, when I was 19, 18 or 19, I can't remember. Um, and uh, yeah, we were a band for almost 10 years and broke up and did our own thing. And then the past couple of years, uh, we had we are also really good friends and uh, started talking again. And really, it was Luke who kept pushing to make this new album. Um, we 
Luke and I had still lived in Athens at the time. This and this started a couple of years ago. This project actually took it probably took two full years to record this album, the newest one, which was almost. At the, we took a break for almost as long as we were a band, <laughs> and then we came back to we right. came back to this band at like we started this band when we were children, right. and then took a break, and then came back to it when we were adults, and then we wrote what I think is our best record that we wrote and um, put it out last summer, but. Um, yeah, it was Luke who kind of kept pushing and being like, hey, we have like all these half finished songs or, you know, these songs we always wanted to finish. And what are you guys doing? Like, can we just work on them and record them just for us, just for fun? You know, um, and we all decided, sure, um, we made time for it. And uh, Scott was living, where was he living? In he, was, he was living the furthest San, away. San Francisco. He was in San Francisco and in Amsterdam. So it was like we had to get him in the studio to record drums before he moved to Amsterdam. And so we got we got drum tracks down, and then um, Jeff was living in New York, and so he flew down and got his bass stuff on, and Luke and I went in on our days off and kind of like wrote. It, it was it's definitely a studio album. We had like the basic tracks done for all the songs, and kind of did that long distance for a while, and then um, actually some of the stuff, especially my stuff, um, they didn't even hear until it was recorded. Oh, like really? I kind of. Okay. Yeah, and a few of the songs, too, they wrote after I left the band, and they kept playing for about a year, and um, they really wanted me on the song, so I got to go in and kind of, like, they didn't tell me to do anything. They were just like, we need you on this. Go do something with it. Do, do your and same so, thing. <laughs> yeah, I did, and I did, and it, luckily they liked it. It worked out. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of weird to go in and record, and, you know, they weren't even there necessarily when I was putting down my stuff, so... It was kind of nerve-wracking to be like, I'm going to record this stuff, and then you're going to hear it. <laughs> it's going to be on the album, and I hope you like it. Yeah, I was going to say, um, hope you like it. <laughs> hope you like it. Here's the album. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was actually a really fun experience. Um, it, was, it, it was weird to piece together an album like that. I don't think we'd ever really done that before, and I had experienced that. We had recorded all of our previous albums live, like live in the studio or, you know, as, as bands do where everybody's mm -hmm. there and, you know, you record in, in a sequence, but this was kind of just pieced together and it, we pieced it together really well, I think. And, um, yeah, we, we had, um, we had a small reunion tour booked and kind of kept it all secret until the last minute. And then COVID hit. Yeah. I was going to say, all of this, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the story of Jesus, but really it's the story yeah, of rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah it's a shame because I mean, it first, because first of all, it is a hell of a record. Like it's, it's a great record. Like it's, I really liked it. It showed up, <clears throat> showed up on my top 20 of the, uh, of the year list. I'm not sure if you remember, Sam. I saw, I thought. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I really was, you know, I was devastated for you that not only did you take all this effort and time to reconvene, to get everybody back together, but mm -hmm. like you had a whole tour booked and, and it's just like, Oh yeah. Never mind. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking to to make that call to just <clears throat> not not do it. And then we had to make the decision to release the album or sit on it for another year. We're like, oh, maybe this will pass. And then <laughs> summer was coming around, and we're like, this is life now. Like this is how it is. We're not going to tour for a, a while. And by the time we tour, this album's going to be old, you know. And, and yeah. are people still going to care? They cared when it was like a surprise, and we were like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Here's an album, and people were like. Hey, yeah, I want to come see you play songs on this album, and and, and now, I mean, it's probably going to be two years from the start of the pandemic where live music starts to come back, and 
we were just like, I don't want to sit on this album for that long. Let's just release it and hope people want to buy it and listen to it. And we, I, I don't know that we'll play it live ever. It was, it was a good idea, but it was going to be a lot of work because we hadn't played a lot of the old songs and we had never played the new songs live. It was a studio album. Yeah. So it was going to be a lot of work to figure out how to play it live and make it sound the way we wanted to. We were willing to do that, but then it, you know, the universe did not want us to. So, um, yeah. So instead, I mean, we have, we, we put out what I think is a really good record and I'm really proud of it. And I'm really impressed at how it came together. It just, it seemed like at first it was just going to be a thing for us and right. just our close friends and being like, Oh, if you knew this band, like you might like these songs or might remember some of them. And, um, but then we finished it and we were like, wait, I, I really want people to hear this. I want everybody to hear it. And I, uh, you know, I want it to be a thing. So yeah, it, it turned out for the best, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things I, I want to talk to you about that. Like not the least of which is, mm-hmm. yeah, the level of effort for that, you know, is huge and it's obviously so disappointing, but I mean, was it, did it, with that much of a time span between when the band was originally active to now, did it like, did it snap back in place? Does it feel like, you know, playing in a cover band? Like what, <laughs> like, I mean, what, what, what no, was that it, experience? It, it, it felt like we never stopped. That was the cool thing. Um, we, we had actually talked about it too, um, about how it would feel to all be in a space together again and to create together. And um, we kind of just said, we all we're all really good friends like we i think this will be a good thing and we're we know how to be honest with each other now and and right you know we're all bet we're all better musicians we're all better at everything that we were a decade ago why not just finish these songs and it'll be like a fun little reminiscent thing and and yeah and it, it yeah it was like we never stopped it was a really a really really cool awesome feeling to like be in the studio and writing this writing these songs and and getting to play guitar again in this in the situation with these musicians and have it just feel so like natural. So good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, uh, so natural. And yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, vital. that's hard to find. Yeah. It's hard to find, you know, like I've played with a lot, a lot of people and, and yeah, these, these three musicians were like vital to, to who I am today as a musician, you know, like really shaped me. I was in bands before then. And you know, you're, I started playing guitar when I was 13 and played in bands when I was 14, 15 and, um, but yeah, they were like this crucial point in my musicianship that like really made me a better person and musician and, and yeah, getting back together and having it be so natural and so like, just feel like normal. Like yeah, it was really awesome. I think awesome. it was surprising to all of us. We thought maybe it would be awkward or, or like, Hey, yeah, like we'll try writing some stuff, but we've all changed. And then we all like went back to our things. I remember Jeff, uh, who's the bass player and we all sing, but. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to scream on this album at all. That was like me in my early twenties and I was you know, angry yeah. and screamy. And then the first thing he tracked was like a screamy, like, laughing. he's like, he's like, oh no, it, it just fit. It worked. You know, <laughs> we went right back to where we were and it felt good. Well, and you went right back to the way you were, but also you have the lived experience of being an adult now and, um, you know, having yep. been a musician and like learned uh, the things that you learned uh, for those experiences and stuff. So, I mean, and it's a musically yeah. like interesting and adventurous record. And, and it's, it still strikes me that, well, there's almost like, like a, uh, an entire subgenre uh, of music. I like that's like mid two thousands indie rock. When I say indie rock, like I mean stuff like like savvy fav and, 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 yeah. and, and, and yeah. like Enan and stuff like that, where it's like, it's like, Oh no, like you can have like, we weird... played with them. We, yeah. yeah. We, we were in the time of all those bands and, and did the circuit with all of them. Yeah. 
and it, it just occurs to me that it's 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 so weird that I don't know it's mumble rap now. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's it's <laughs> like it, like all that you know most of that music is like held up, and it's just kind of interesting to think how far away from that world like uh, so much of the music world has gotten and because there are a lot of interesting almost like proggy parts and things along those lines but there's big hooks and and uh you know it, it's very adventurous and it, it just occurs to me that it's like it's like wow if they had not that would have been possible but like if they had put that out in their original run like they probably would have been like you know really well known <laughs> and now it's just like weird like yeah. hey guys we did a thing <laughs> oh covid never mind peace y'all yeah oh yeah and uh yep. and, i mean that's a heartbreaker and, and that's a bummer, but it's, it is a great record. And I think that like uh, the cool thing mm-hmm. about throwing another protonic list is a bunch of people like, Hey, this is really good. Thanks for recommending it. And, and that's awesome. But it's such a different world now. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I would have, I would have loved to see we versus the shark in, in 2020. I would like to have seen anyone in 2020, frankly, but I, I yeah. would have loved to see what that looked like. And I mean, do you think that's just kind of not, a thing that's ever going to happen now or do you is it, i mean it's the least of our i don't know <laughs> i yeah i think that we're still so far away from like our current project doing anything yeah. you know like yeah. that it's hard to project whether or not this project that was talking going to be already so much work for all of us to happen like two years after the fact like I yeah I don't I, I don't know I don't want to say it's impossible but I mean I think we'd also want to do it it's just a matter of will we be able to and will will we be able to to play shows that and you know tour on a record that came out probably two years after the fact and yeah I don't know I just don't know and now I moved across the country well actually Scott and I are both on the west coast now so so we're we're split evenly on the coast. So <laughs> right, it, right down the middle, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it's it, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I would be interested to. I mean, I was interested to be to see We versus the Shark in 2020. You know, sure, like yeah, I I wanted to be a part of it. I was excited about it. I knew it was going to be a lot of work to bring these these new songs to the stage and to remember how to play the old songs that I wrote when I was 20 years old. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we were like, um, what, was, what was I thinking here? What was I- yeah, this? we were, we were, we also, yeah, even just picking the songs like that we wanted to play, like picking the old songs, yeah. we had like a, a long list and some, you know, like trying to figure out what song, what old songs we put in. Like even that was a challenge. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Where did we start? Well, it's just reconvening <laughs> anything is always kind of weird because you have the history, but, yeah. the, and you, but you have the familiarity too. So you get both sides of it. Yeah. And it just yeah. occurred to me that uh, Goodbye Guitar, which, of course, is the name of the record. I guess we can go ahead and yeah. mention that since I don't think I have yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it takes the best, you know, would you want to hope for something like that as you get the best parts of what made something cool, but then also kind of bring yeah. something new to it. I think you guys totally did that. But it is yeah. kind of a weird COVID times thing of like, is everything just stay on yeah. pause? Do we just pick back up where we left off? What yeah. do you do? Like I, when you record a I, record, when you release a record in the era of COVID, like what does that mean? Does it just go into the memory hole immediately? Like what? <laughs> and we don't, and we don't know. Nobody knows. We're in this weird wormhole right now yeah. of like, what's going to happen when venues can reopen? Yeah. Like who, everybody's going to want to play. So oh then it's God. like, <laughs> yes. it's like, can we, could we even book a show, a band that hasn't played in 15 years? Like, right. could we even book any shows 
Uh, actually, there's Anywhere. a White Stripes reunion. U2's playing. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> they're playing the like front we're row. way down on the list. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then is anybody gonna want to see us? Like, even yeah. when we were making this album, we're like, who's gonna want to listen to this? Like, I I want to hear these songs recorded, but who's gonna want to listen to it? And then when we started sharing with our friends a little bit, they were like, oh, this is yeah, I want to listen to this. Yeah, and then. We're like, who, well, who wants to see this? <laughs> like, yeah. So even the tour that we booked then last summer was was booked very specifically in places that we knew we had people who wanted to come see us. And I don't know if that was for us or for them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know if I booked if I, if we booked in cities because we were like, oh, I know that these people will come out and I won't feel like shit if nobody else comes right, out to right. the show. <laughs> or it could be really awesome and be like a, you know, a really good tour that a lot of people want to come see. But it was just like, even at that point, it was so like unknown territory. And now we're even further into the wormhole of unknown territory that yeah. it's, it's so hard to even say what, what we're going to do, what's going to happen. So... Yeah. certainly and i just it's it's one of the things it's just it's timing too you know and, and i think of all yeah. the oh yeah and i've had a lot of bands on that just uh you know had again also had like big plans and we're doing and we're doing a bunch of things and it's like oh and never mind <laughs> and nope everything's canceled and i just think about like you know I, i've talked about this recently about about just the you know, because we we had to cancel a bunch of dates, and then it was like, oh, we'll do, don't worry, we'll just make them up uh, in in the summer. Oh, cool, we're playing with Shiner. That's gonna be great. And then it was like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I radically overestimated people's ability to deal with this crisis. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it has not gone very well, has it? <laughs> well, tell me about moving to Bellingham because I'm on record as saying that I think Bellingham is one of the great American cities that is kind of unknown. Uh, but it's a. I've already tried to get you to move. I've only lived here a month, and I've already tried to get you to move here so we can start a band. Because you introduced me to like five other awesome people and musicians, and we're all like, "Yeah, just move here." Like, what are you doing? It's it's the best. I, um, I love Bellingham. It's a it's a wonderful place. It's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm gonna sound crazy when I say this, but like, I lived in Athens for 18 years, and pandemic hit, and then I sold my house and quit my job and moved across the country. Like that. That that sounds normal, right? That's what yeah, normal yeah, people that, that, are doing right now. Some I, normal quarantine. It, it, so, it sounds like a yeah. It sounds like a very rash pandemic decision, but it 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 wasn't. I mean, I've been thinking about Athens for a long time and leaving, and um, I, I've always wanted to live in in this area of the country. Pacific Northwest has always called to me, and yeah. it's beautiful, and the scenery, and the weather, and everything. And um, I've played up the West Coast many many times and um yeah um i also think when i was little little so i was born in texas and then grew up in colorado but my parents were actually on the way to seattle we were supposed to move to seattle Mm -hmm. when i was little and they broke down in colorado (laughs) and they broke down and my dad was a firefighter and the person who stopped to help us was the fire chief in that town (laughs) and he like they became real good friends and so we ended up just moving to colorado so there's always this little i feel like my dad yeah my dad tells that story all the time and so i think it's like engraved in my brain somewhere that like i was supposed to be in sleater kenny and i was supposed to be out here yeah yeah you know like if i had moved i think i'm a little younger than them maybe very slightly but like i feel like I, I would have been a whole different musician if I had like if grown up here. Up and the Pacific so there's, all, there's always been this, yeah, there's always been this little part of my heart that's like, go, go there, like go yeah, be there the and, place. and figure it out, you know? Um, so 
pandemic just happened to be like a good time for some reason. Like, I mean, well, I can tell you the reasons. I sold my house like in a day. I mean, that was ridiculous. It's a it's a seller's market. It's crazy. Yeah, um, and that, then that seems, I, it seems like that's the, that area is kind of gone going that way, right? Like it's becoming way more, uh, like more people going out than coming in of creative types because it's becoming less easy to live. But then also people that are coming mm-hmm. in have a little bit of money, a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really easy to sell my house and I'm a nurse for my money for my adult job. The other, the other, um, uh, personality that I have is nurse Sam. So I have all these names and then I have, you know, I have, Nurse Sam to I, um, I, have I, a retirement and, right. and health insurance and all that shit that you need to live. So um, it's really easy to go anywhere and be a nurse. So that wasn't an issue. And um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Bellingham, we have played here a few times and actually Manor Asterman has ties to Bellingham as well. Um, Estress Record yep. is from Bellingham and a good friend of the band lives here. And um, so we've played here in between, you know, Seattle and Vancouver and been here a few times and I, I still remember the first time I came here and we were walking around town and I was just like, I wanna be here. I wanna right. I want I want to live here. Like I've never lived by water. I miss the mountains and it, it just has everything that, that I wanted. And so when when I was entertaining the idea of moving over the summer, Athens Athens got to be a real bummer in the pandemic. Like it was a lo- I was Athens has always been this nice little bubble mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm trying not to talk shit about Athens because there are so many wonderful people there and it's sure. not any of those people that have destroyed but, anything of it for me, but the little bubble of Athens, much like the bubble of Austin in Texas, it used to be this really fun, creative place full of music, full of art. And I feel like it's really changed in the past few years and the pandemic really highlighted that because a lot of local businesses closed and nobody cared about it. Um, a lo- my favorite venue, Caledonia Lounge closed and a lot of people cared about it, but it was like, we couldn't do anything to save it. Like it was awful. And that place has yeah. been around for a long time. And, that, um, that was, that was, to me, that's of, on the same level as, uh, in San Francisco and I'd moved away from the Bay area, but when the Hemlock Tavern closed, it was like, oh, yeah. Like, it's where, like such a where do we play now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like where yeah. are the bands that like, you know, where are the bands that play the Hemlock go? Oh, nowhere to hell. Apparently they go yeah. to hell to play. I don't... <laughs> apparently. But yeah, it just felt like all the things that I loved most about the town were just kind of floating away. And so it felt like a good time to think about moving away. And I moved a lot when I was a kid and then I moved to Athens and I've been there for 18 years. So I kind of felt like it was just the right time. So um, my partner and I came out in November um, for a 95s on the plane and we rented a camper van and like camped up the coast. And uh, he's lived... He's lived in Portland, and um, I really wanted to show him Bellingham, but we kind of just decided we wanted to be on the West Coast, and we took a little camping trip, and I showed him Bellingham, and, like, first day, he was like, yeah, this is it. He was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's live here. And, yeah. And so, yeah, like, we went home, and it, it we didn't mean to move so fast. <laughs> it's like, we took this trip in no, last November and went home, and I was like, oh, I'll talk to my realtor. I'll see, like, what it's like to sell right now. I don't know. And then it was just, like, got an offer without even listing it and it was like are we doing this we're we're doing this right <laughs> like and i like we sold the house and we moved by january like right. it was nuts it yeah, was that, that, so it was fast <laughs> pretty quick well and it does it occur was, to me it that was so fast it, it is actually in some ways a very good time to make a change like that because there's so much like you know if there's nothing else 
going on other than well, I had like a, a busy job <laughs> you know well i went from yeah i went from being like part-time nurse and part-time touring musician to full-time nurse and yeah. not leaving my house except during, to go to work during a freaking and pandemic so, <laughs> during a pandemic so there was a big appeal to being like hey i'm not traveling i'm not leaving i'm not touring like why don't we go move and get set up in a new place and by the time everything's up and running like i'll be ready to go yeah yeah so it, it it made it made a lot of sense for me and for my partner and i so like so we just did it and i kind of had the same feeling when i moved to athens it, like i'd only been to athens once um, before deciding to move and it was just like you like the cut of its it gym felt right it yeah. felt it was the right decision and i've been in bellingham for months and every day it's like no i i, I made the right decision so it feels it feels really good to be here and it's a really cool town it's it's um it's beautiful i mean it's on the water it's near yep. the mountains it's everyone i've met so far has been really really nice and um yeah it's it's really cool so i'm i'm i know that i made the right decision and i'm in the right spot so I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Patrick Ferguson of the amazing uh, Five Eight and uh, and all mm-hmm. Crash and Ride et cetera et cetera says hello. I was talking to him yeah. earlier today, so he's, he sends oh, the best. Oh, Patrick! Yeah, he's awesome. So and you know you didn't but you didn't just leave you didn't leave your job your house your friends. The amazing Mean Queen is uh, mm-hmm. you know, a hell of a band. Like I, I believe I've <laughs> expressed that time and uh, uh, time yeah. again. Um, I mean, was that like a difficult decision to factor in because of that? I mean, not that you guys could actually do anything like anything else. Yeah, we couldn't do anything. It was, you know, Mean Queen was always the band. So Helen and I have known each other for a long time. And that was the band we started together as adults to like, like we knew that we, with our jobs, we wouldn't be able to tour much. We wouldn't be able to play shows very much, but we really always just have this, need to be you know to be writing and being musicians and we had a lot of practices where we're like I don't even feel like this band needs to play live shows because I get everything I need from our practices like it was so fulfilling Mm. to just write together and play and so so we always knew that band wasn't like we didn't try to be on record labels we didn't try to get all these big shows we our tours were like short weekend tours and like we we didn't expect to make any money off of it we you know like it was i feel I, it sounds like a selfish thing but it was a band for us it was the band we wanted to be in and write and be proud of the music we wrote and record and yeah. just enjoy the parts of being in a band that we we both really really like um so that was that was always mean clean thing you know like yeah. neither of us was going to quit our job if we got offered a record label or you know we're at sure. the start of the band when we were in our 30s like you can't you can't necessarily think about that at some point in your life so um yeah it uh i mean it was still hard i mean i miss telling a lot and we we had a couple different drummers but tim like the three of us wrote really well together and this this record i've been sitting on a record with on the mean queen record for almost a year now too there is talk that we're we're it will be released soon um i don't have any more definite details on that i wish i did because i could i could push it hard here but uh yeah uh reversal exclusive exclusive <laughs> mean queen album coming soon ish uh <laughs> coming it's, it's, eventually. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. eventually yeah so that was another record too like i 
I was really busy the year before pandemic hit. Like yeah. I had that shark record and a mean queen record finished like last spring and mean queen had tours and sharks had tours and, and then it all just like hit a wall. So same thing with mean queen as sharks. It was like, we canceled summer tours. we held on to the album. Cause we're like, I don't, I'm not going to release it because we kept hoping like, Hey, in a month or two, it'll be back to normal. We'll release it then. We'll have a big show. And we'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, Never happened. Yep. So, um, no idea yeah, what that's like. My, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got, I got, yeah. I really, the pandemic really like knocked down half of my life. But uh, yeah, uh, I. It, it's weird because when I made the decision to move, like it, it was really hard to tell them. But I didn't want, like, I didn't want to stay in Athens for that reason. You know, yeah, just yeah. because this band could keep playing or this band could play some shows. Like, I didn't want any of that stuff to hold me back when I knew that it was right for me to go. Um, but yeah, the record I'm still really proud of, and it'll it'll be coming out in some shape and form soon. I'm glad to hear um, that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, band was, that band was really good for me, too, because, like, going back in my history of being a musician, I left Shark, and I didn't play music for almost a year, and was, like in a really weird place in my life mentally and was like, well, I'm not playing music. What do I do? I'll go to nursing school, I guess. And went to nursing school and then Manor Astoran found me. So that's, and I'm, they came I'm so glad right. you just naturally segued into this. Cause I realized we've been <laughs> yeah. talking for about half hour. It's like, I should probably mention Manor Astoran at some point, you know, it's just a little band <laughs> called Manor Astoran. No big deal. A little band called Manor Astro man. <laughs> little, little band from Alabama called Manor Astoran. Uh, that's what Brian Peebles sounds like. To me. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So when I started nursing school, I kind of just went to nursing school because I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a nurse and she was like, just go be a nurse and you can do a lot of things with it. And I was like, okay, I guess. But I really, I had always liked school, like through co- high school and college that I went to and, and the nursing school, I just, I didn't like it, but I kept pushing through cause I was like, well, this is what adults do. Like you gotta just <laughs> get it get a job and follow yeah. through it right these like, are all the I'm things i'm supposed this. to do i'm checking the, the list and of the boxes and i'm not playing music so what else am i doing like yeah. i might as well just do that but yeah. man or man showed up at a time when i was like starting nursing school and they you know they weren't touring that much but it like happened to line up with my school breaks perfectly and i was like well maybe this could be a cool thing to like bring me back to the music world yeah and it really did like it, it did a thousand percent like um, yeah, it was perfect timing for them. And Mean Queen happened a couple years later in that same way where I was like, I love being in Manor Man, but it's not me. Like I write with them and play with them, but like my, like me, I wasn't me in any band, you know, I was a, a part of Manor Man that had been this, this thing for so long and clearly I, I fit in well with it. identity, of, you know, this yeah, beloved, and, I, and, and for good reason, but like a clearly defined identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was really craving another outlet and, and they gave me confidence in music, like being a musician to like seek that out. So Mean Queen was that other outlet for me where I actually felt like myself in a band. Right. And when Helen and I started writing together, it was just like we were really good at writing together. Yeah. And so that's what that band brought to me, you know, was was just being able to like be be a hundred percent Sam in that band. And instead of like, I'm a Vana Nova in this band and it's really cool and fun. And I'm really glad to be a part of it, but this is like me, yeah. you know? And, and that's what the shark, the new shark record too. I mean, I felt more like myself on that record than, than even when I was 
20 years old in that band, you know, and maybe that's just because I'm older and you get to know who you are and <laughs> like can apply that better than you can when you're, you know, 19 or 20. But um, yeah, Mean Queen really helped me like feel like me in a band and be like, yeah, I wrote that riff. Like, yeah, I can, you know, I played that and I wrote that melody and yeah. So every band I've been in has kind of, kind of like hit hits me in the right way in a different way if that makes sense no no totally and and it does and it have you know being that <clears throat> being familiar with all of your work uh i <laughs> no, it, it, it's like it's it works different muscle groups almost right to, to yes. Yes. use that analogy and i think that there's, there's different exercises yeah 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 uh so how did you so how did you come to take up uh, being a Vanova, how did how did you how did you <laughs> join up with uh, that wacky crew of of Astro Man? Uh, it sounds real boring, but I got a Facebook message from Starcrunch one day <laughs> that was just like, "Hey, uh, I saw your band, We vs. the Shark, and uh, we're looking for a new guitar player. We have these couple of fourth books. Like, are you interested?" Like, it was real, like laid back. And, wow. And I, I, I didn't, I knew who they were, but I didn't quite know how. How big and who they were necessarily, they, like, you know, world like famous, I, like you know, yeah, Paragon. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and I told a couple friends about. It. I was like, yeah, this band manor asked me and wants me to be in them. They're like, what? <laughs> like, huh? And I was like, should I do it? What they're now? like, yes, what? Do it. And I kind of just, I didn't even research because I didn't want to. I just, oh wow, I, I got a, I got re- a reaction from some friends that were like, you need to do this. Go yeah. do it. And I was like, okay. And uh, I met ask you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I met, like, I responded, and, like, the tour dates lined up with my school breaks perfectly, and I met up with Star Crunch, and he gave me a CD of, like, 30 songs just to learn. He's like, here's, like, some of our most popular songs that we'll play in rotation. And like, stuff just learn a few of them set. for practice. Let, yeah, let, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. And so me being an overachiever, I learned all 30 songs. And went to my first practice and met met the other two guys and they were like, Okay, yeah, let's let's play a song. Like what songs do you know? And I was like, I learned all thirty of these songs and, and they were like, We don't know half those songs. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's one up on us, lady. <laughs> yeah, so we we played a few we played a few songs and it, it was it was really good and then I think I taught Coco some of the other songs that I had learned that he couldn't remember how to play. <laughs> and that was our first practice. And we practiced once, and I played my first show at the Earl uh, wow. in Atlanta. Wow. And then, hold on, hold on, the story gets better. So first show, so I had one one practice. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, this is great. Yeah, you're doing great. Like, okay. Uh, we played the Atlanta show. It went well. And then the next week, we flew to Spain to play a festival with Not a Surf and Matthew Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't, but the crazy thing is that it didn't even hit me what I was doing until I was like on this plane flying to Spain on my on my fall break yeah. in school, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what? What did I sign up for? What am I doing? Right, right, like, right. what is this?" And and then now I it, this year will be my ten year anniversary of being in the band, which so, is awesome. Yeah. Congratulations! It's stuck. I'm the longest running second guitar player. Oh, you know? so the the. Ivana Nova character. Did you know about the acronym theme? Yeah, they're all power. You're familiar with it. Yeah, Star Crunch and I. Star Crunch and I came up with the name. We had like a small list of names, but that one we settled on, and it was 
it was a palindrome and my my one of my very first bands was named Nova Goes Ballistic when I was 14 or 15 so it was kind of a tribute to my very first punk rock band and um Nova's and then we cool kind of played on the that's a good word yeah yeah it's you know space Band. So it, it worked. It, it checked a lot of boxes. So it, it has worked out. Did you have any uh, thoughts to like the image that you were going to do? Because obviously those guys have a real locked in uh, thing. The, so I, this is where I probably should have done some research because I didn't really know about their live shows. <laughs> uh, I knew that they were space themed. And then Brian uh, had bought me a dress that was like, hey, this is like a cool silver sparkly dress. Like, I think it'll fit you. What do you think for your stage outfit? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And it worked out. Um, and then, yeah, we played. And it, it, I think it was weird because our first couple of shows were festival shows where we had to fly overseas. And right. so we don't we don't bring our full stage set up, yeah, unfortunately, for all you? that. Because you can't. Because yeah. you can't. So I didn't get the full, like... It, the full live experience until a couple months into being in the band when they when we booked like a u.s tour and they were like okay we're building all this stage stuff and we're bringing right. all this with us and we have a light person and we have all this and this and yeah. so yeah i i think i really had to grow into it because the first couple shows just kind of felt like regular shows but i was wearing a sparkly dress <laughs> um and i didn't i didn't necessarily have like a band personality or it, you know, stage moves or, you know, they all have yeah. their individual things right. they do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I really had to grow into that, but they obviously just gave me freedom to do. They didn't tell me to do anything. You know, they were like, Hey, just play these songs, like do whatever you want. <laughs> were there any um, moments where they're it, like, yeah, we're dragging this, this printer along so it can play this song. And you're like, you're doing what, what are you doing? <laughs> I just went with it. Yeah, I just went with it. I mean, I wasn't going to tell them what to do because yeah. it took me probably a year or two to to realize that I was in the band for good. Right. You know, it, like the the very beginning, it was supposed to be a temporary thing where it was like, hey, do you want to fill in on these like couple of shows? And you know, they came back. They had taken a long break too, so they they were um, on a on a long break on a hiatus. And maybe, I don't know if they ever said that they broke up. They just kind of stopped playing. And then took almost a 10-year break. So when they came back in 20, 2010, maybe, um, it was kind of just a reunion thing that was supposed to be short-lived. And then their other guitar player, Johnny, got sick and had to leave the band. So I was the fill-in yeah. for what was supposed to be just a short-lived little reunion. And then it turned into 10 more years of us playing because we realized that people still wanted to see our stupid shit and yeah. we wrote an album and now we're, you know, writing another one. And so, yeah, we're kind of just, yeah, I think, I think the reunion originally, they were like, I don't know if I still want to play, we'll feel it out. And then it turned into 10 more years of <laughs> this band's career. So <laughs> it worked out. Well, <laughs> I mean, and speaking of someone who, who is a long time fan of the band uh you know i definitely think you brought a a a massive spark of new energy to it as well but without losing any of the of the old uh power and glory uh, you know what what made that band great in the first place like it it was something where and i didn't know you for moses like when i when i first saw you play with them but i was like i was like oh that new member's cool like she's great like that's awesome i think it was um oh was it bimbos in san francisco with uh Mm. No, no, it was before that. It was somewhere. Um, 
I hope it was before that because that uh, that was a terrible tour. You know, I saw so I saw you. I think and I saw you two times in the Bay Area, and the second time was Bimbos. And I and, I, and that was a tour that that was a tour that we broke down at, and yes. we had to like drive separate cars, and we only had our guitars. And they the they I, we pulled up to the venue, and they were like, "You get on stage now, like put your dress on, and you're on right now." Yeah. And like someone else had set up my pedals and shit, and I was like. This is the most stressful like show I've ever played. Well, and I remember that show distinctly, uh, and that was the second time that, that I saw you uh, play with them. But I, I think the um, yeah. <laughs> some drunk guy—I might have told this when Brian was on because I got his side of the story from this too. But some drunk guy mistook me for Coco, which is weird because I'm like, okay, and and he hands me twenty dollars okay. like this is for you. You guys are great, man. I was like, I was like. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not in the just you great, just great. And then I walked over to Coco and told him that story, and he's like, "You don't even look at like me." And I'm like, "I know. That's what I said." <laughs> and it's, it's like that's so weird. And I was like, "I know." That's so weird. Uh, but I yeah, I passed the twenty dollars along. <laughs> because he, oh, he was. Thank you. That was probably all we made that night. I was gonna, was, I was gonna uh, say he was because I think somebody mentioned the the troubles that you guys had on stage or something along those lines. But I was. Yeah, we broke down in between in between LA and San Francisco. We broke down, which is just desert, and we were stuck there because they couldn't fix the van for a couple days. But we were trying to play all these shows, like figure out how to. We rented two cars and just drove whatever we could fit in the in there, and then we ended up driving back. Some of us drove back to LA and flew to Vancouver (laughs) and played our show in Vancouver, and then took a bus somewhere. I think that's actually where like I was in Bellingham for a day because Carl lives here. And we like drove back from Vancouver on a on a bus. I don't. It was it was such Planes, a mess. trains, was, and automobiles for this tour. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was such a mess. And at the time, all of us were so mad. The whole rest of that tour, yeah. and we're just like, "What are we doing? Like, what is this?" And now now we can laugh about it. But it's, yeah, anytime you mention like a San Francisco show or like West Coast, I think all of us immediately like yeah. have that PTSD. <laughs> a little bit of like, Ugh. like. <laughs> Did have you have found it to be? Um, I mean, you, you obviously caught on that the band means a lot to people. Have had you have you found yeah. like the fan base to be like pretty receptive, like pretty cool about you being like you know the the, yeah. the new person <laughs> in the band? Very, yeah, very. Um, I think also for them to never really have had a female in the band, like that was a new part of the audience and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we we have a lot of fans who like d- don't know how how long Manor Ashman's been a band. Yeah. So we'll play shows, and I'll have people be like, "Oh, I've never heard of you before, but I saw you, and that was awesome." And like, it's cool to see a female. Like, that sounds really shitty when I say that way. Like, oh, you're a female, you can play guitar, cool. But it's 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 the world not, we live. That's in. not what you know. Yeah. You know, that's not what they. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard. It's always meant. It's meant as a compliment. Yeah. It's meant as a compliment. It's meant out of excitement, and it's it's. There's a pedantic way that you could take it that would be instructive but joyless. And I've seen the exact behavior that that you're talking about, and it's sort of like "Mm," every time it's. But but the people that really like are genuine about it, they're not saying like, "Oh, you're you're good for a female." They're saying, "Hey, it's awesome to see like a female be badass on stage." Like it, it it's not necessarily saying like oh you're good for a girl um no, it's, it's but yeah like, I've, I've hey had you know a, that I've space a... attack that was a show that just happened like it's it's pretty cool that it was co-ed you know like that's that's yeah. and, you know yeah. it is it is cool it is it is cool um so yeah so i think i bring that like to their their game um which 
has been really awesome. It's been it's been awesome to meet people all around the world and have them be like, I I've never seen a female play the way you do and I don't think that's true. They just haven't seen the right bands. But like <laughs> it's really cool to like be that for people. Like to be to be the musician that people see for the first time and be like, Wow, yeah. like I wanna play like that and I've gotten a lot of compliments like that, which means so much you know because i'm just up there to me i'm just up there being stupid a lot of times like, well but you're not like, a stand there i'm like awkward plonk. and I'm, I'm like oh should i do this should i jump on this thing like yeah in my own head i'm just like a dork on stage but then you know you hear people who are like that was mind-blowing or that you know that makes me want to go home and play guitar and that like that means a lot so i think i think it's definitely like re-energized the band but also like brought in this whole new crowd of people who like did not see Manor Ashman in in a particular way or whatever. Like Manor Ashman has energy again, and we you know put on a good live show and we pride ourselves on that. And we want our live shows to be fun and we want people to feel that way when they see us. You know they want yeah. us. We want them to be blown away. And I know every band wants that, but we yeah, of course we do. Well, <laughs> I, I think I, and I probably mentioned this when Brian was on, but <clears throat> I feel like that's a band that. I could I could drag people out to see without really telling them much about it. I'm like, look, just come out and see this band with me, okay? Like, and then afterwards, they're like, that was amazing. And, and there's <laughs> so few bands that um, that I can say that about, but especially that you can say that about all eras and, and all times. And yeah, and I probably told this story when Brian was on as well. But even that, <laughs> like one of the last shows I saw before COVID mm-hmm. that I didn't play. Uh, the last one was shellac, but the one before that was you guys in Milwaukee, and I brought my friend Joe, who uh, who had no, yep. he didn't know a freaking note of the music, and he's like, and it was like that was amazing. So it's like still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that venue was awesome that we played. By the, the way, that was like we were like there were plants everywhere, and yeah. like everyone was so nice there, and the food was great. Like that was a that was a really good tour to be the last tour I was on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like every every sh- every show was as good as that one, and every venue was as good as that one that we played. It was if if I had that to be my last tour before pandemic, like I feel really lucky that that's what I, it was. I'm glad I went because we had just gotten back, and and like there definitely was yeah. a, a moment of like, well, I could just stay on the couch. No, no. Yeah, no, you're like, no. do I want to go see another band? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was it was fantastic, and and uh, uh, yeah, it, it, I saw I found the ticket in my heavy coat a few weeks back, and was like, yeah. oh right, Aww. I remember shows. That was great. Yeah. Uh, what's it like writing with those guys? Like writing music. With writing? Those guys? Yeah. Um, it's not like any band I've ever been in. It's all kind of done long distance because we all live in different places. Sure. Yeah. So, um, and the way it usually functions is both the Brian's write. You know, they write the main parts of the songs, and then Rob and I come in and add our things. Um, so. Um, yeah, it's still a learning experience for me because I, I haven't, we've been a band for 10 years with me in the band, I mean, and I've only been on one record and like a couple <laughs> singles. So like we've written a bunch of songs that we haven't recorded yet. Um, <clears throat> but the one record I've been in in 10 years, it was, it was a crazy experience because we went up to record with Steve Albini and I got the track like the week before. And they're like, they're like, hey, here, here are the demos. Like, we're gonna go up and record next week. Just learn them. So I had never recorded like that before, and then I had never met Steve Albini before. So like, it was this crazy lot going on for it that. Was a, yeah. It was a crazy experience, and um, yeah, to go up there and yeah, and and just 
record an album with Steve Albini with these songs that I had just learned like last week. <laughs> like, it was it was kind of nuts, and I I don't know that it was the best way to record, but I think that album turned out really good. It did, and I'm I'm happy I'm happy to be on it. Um, but we're trying to learn from that and not do it that way again. Cause well, because normally you're kind of for a, all of us. Yeah, more of a methodical player, right? Like you want to be real comfortable. With yeah. Your, with the oh music. yeah. So. Oh, I oh, I'm I'm an over analyzer, and I will write and rewrite and rewrite and and then record and then think about it too hard so yeah so <laughs> it, it was good experience for me just to just be thrown in it and be like hey guess what you you do know what you're doing enough to like make this okay um so that was good for my confidence um and steve albini told me i was a good guitar player <laughs> that's so really good hey, um, that you know <laughs> he would know he sees yeah. a lot of them <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that was good for my confidence um but this we're, we are working on something and we're trying to stay active during the pandemic um, and kind of do the same thing where we, I, I get demos from, from Brian and we kind of try to write to it and add to it. And yeah, so we're, we're, we're chugging along with the new stuff, but pandemic definitely like put, put the brakes on things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian's been really good about trying to keep everybody's spirits up and, and sending new things or, you know, he'll rework a demo and send it and be like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you, do you want to add something? Like, I want to hear you on this, you know? So, um, it's a more inclusive process than the last record. Um, cause they really, they really want me to be on it now, which was nice. I think the last record they're like, Hey, you're here. Like, well, you know, we want you to be on it, but, <laughs> but yeah, like here, like come play, you know, come play these songs. Um, but now it's more of like, they want me more at the beginning of the process, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think we would have had things done by now if pandemic hadn't hit. Um, but that's, that's the theme of this, of this episode. Yeah, very, is, it's, <laughs> uh, Sam, I don't want to break it, it to you. It's pretty much the theme of every episode these days. The theme of everybody's life yeah, right now. Exactly. Um, but definitely the theme of mine is like, what records could I have already put out by now if we weren't in the middle of the pandemic? And the answer is probably three, at least three yeah. would have been <laughs> properly released and poured on by now. So I'm a little, I'm a little behind. So. <laughs> what do you, uh, have you, have you been playing at all? I mean, you haven't really, you said you hadn't been playing guitar like at, at all, right? Is that, no, is it just has that's another COVID just kind of killed so, the ability to play so or is it more of like a, not let's move, end goal let's move to, Let's move to the depressing part of the episode um, where I talk about <laughs> where I also talk about how moving moving has totally distracted my mind from playing. Um, it, but yeah, it, not just a move. Yeah, I felt. I think a lot of people. Hmm, how do I word this? I feel like there are two types of musicians right now during the pandemic, and it's either you're in your house and you're recording everything and you're being very productive and you're like, look, I have time to do this and I can you know, release all this stuff and I can write and, and all that. And it, and then there's me who's like, I, if I just look at my guitar, I get really sad and I don't want to like pick it up. And I've tried to pick it up a few times. Um, I finally, I like unpacked in our second room. Um, I unpacked my, like set everything up, you know, set up my amps and got everything looking nice and was like, Oh, I'll come around for a little bit. Um, and of course in my head, I was like, I probably don't know how to play guitar anymore. Like, do I even know? <laughs> yeah. uh, what is a guitar? That, that's how, exactly. <laughs> that's how deep I went into it was yeah. like, do I, how do I hold Will I know how to hold a pick anymore? Like yeah. that's how far, that's how far back I've what gone. Is this thing um, called a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Gort, this guitar. 
Um, yeah, so um, I, I still know how to play. Um, I played. I even still know how to play Manor Aspen songs. I played along to a record, so um, I'm I'm good there. Um, but yeah, just that um, just that will to play has not been there for me. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it has been that I went from part time nurse to full time nurse, and that is has been very draining. I worked on a very busy floor in Athens, um, and it, that's all I did. I mean. And being a nurse in a pandemic, that's all you can do, you know, mentally. Like, I don't know how some of my, some of my coworkers, like, have kids and have a family and have to, like, you know, have their kids at home during the pandemic and then, like, have their other life because I, my other life stopped. So, you know, I, all I've been doing is being a nurse and it's been exhausting. So I think that's kind of drained a lot of the music side of my brain and just, like, it just made me not want to play. Um I'm feeling better here since I've been in Bellingham for over a month. Um, I've also, I also gave myself a two month vacation. So I quit my job and gave myself enough time right. to like not have to work and really like recharge a little bit, maybe like breathe <laughs> and settle down. I start my new job next week and it's not going to be stressful. Like my other one was like, I made right. sure to take my time to find a job that was going to be good for me mentally and physically. And um, I, I do feel myself, coming back to music now a little bit since I'm here and and of course just being in a new place and just feeling excited again about everything will bring that back to music yeah Yeah. but honestly like I yeah I haven't really wanted to play guitar in a really long time and definitely not wanted to write I think I probably could have recorded some Man Rathman guitar stuff but I just I don't know I listen to the songs and I'm yeah I'm just like not inspired to like write anything or add anything and even like i don't know there have been a couple songs that i've heard lately that i'm like oh i'll try to learn that song and then i pick up my guitar and i'm like nah no i don't even want to do that like i don't want to when i when i was first learning guitar you know like you're sitting in your room and you're like oh, i want to learn how to play that metallica song right. that was me <laughs> yeah, yeah um, totally. so and cool. like that teach myself so songs. Great. yeah 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 and like i would be so excited when i figured it out and now as an adult i'm like i don't want to play other people's songs like i don't yeah. want to teach myself that and sometimes I'm like, maybe it would be good for me to like learn someone else's song. And then I sit down and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just finding the right motivation. And I am feeling better mentally now that I'm here and like things are exciting and I'm, I got a job that I'm excited about and just, it's all coming back around. But yeah, the past year of just like being in the thick of it with the pandemic has like just really like shut down my musical brain. So do you think part of it might have something to do yeah. with like not having an end goal to work towards or something where, where it's like, you, you know, there's not like yeah. a tour or a record or thing where it's sort of like, Oh, whatever. I mean, it's, well, I think it was now. just a, it was such a big letdown because I had all these things coming up to the pandemic. You know, I had two full records that were done in March yeah. of last year with big plans to tour on both of them. And, and have those released. And I had a big summer planned and, um, that Manor Ashman tour right after that last tour that you saw us play, we actually had another festival circuit in March that was in Spain that we were supposed to go on. So like right from the get go, it was just like one thing after another was like, it was like hitting a wall. So it's like, I had all these things built up and then it was just like, Nope, like, you know, mow you down. So I think it just just took mentally, it's just like, really like, I mean, I, I seemed like I was okay, you know, and it, 
and then like threw myself into work because they needed people to work more. So I was like, fuck, I'm not playing music. I'm not touring. Like I'll work more. Like I'll, you know, I'll be there. Um, so I kind of threw myself into work and I think that like pushed me even further from even dealing with the fact that all these things were put on hold. That was half of my life. So yeah, I'm just now vocalizing and like really working through all of that distress from like half of my life being completely shut down, you know, and, and I'm good at just like distracting myself and just being like, yeah, I'll work more hours. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) So, uh, and now I'm, now that I'm here in a new place and I'm like, okay, I need to work through, you know, making sure I'm actually fine. And I, I feel better and I feel, I feel good talking about it. And I, I, I feel like it's coming to where I want to play guitar again. And I, I know that'll come back, but um, yeah, I mean, this past year has been hard on all creative types. You know, I have a lot of artists and musician friends and I know that a lot of them feel the same where like we've dedicated our lives to like doing, doing everything we can so that we can do our art. You know, like exactly. I became a nurse so that I could support myself being an artist and a musician, yeah. you know, like I, I have grown into really like being a nurse and I, I do like what I do. But if I could choose between getting paid to be a musician or getting paid to be a nurse, I would probably be a musician. You know, like that's just <laughs> it, that's just who we are. Yeah, that's, yeah, those yeah. are those are our brains. That's that's what we're wired to do, and that's what we love to do. And so I think a lot of creative types have really been hit hard because we're having to to put all that stuff on hold. And um, yeah, it's it's been pretty hard. I mean, I think I've become a better nurse the past year, but, yeah. which is something to celebrate. But it's like, but it's like I have had to put everything else on hold when it was going so full steam. You know, it was, I, I was booked. I was booked solid. Yeah. You know, from March on through the end of last year, and all of that stuff. All, all gone. With the snap of yeah. fingers. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and yeah. then, and then the reasons for it to be prolonged just to be so dumb. So just. Like like flat out all like objectively fighting. idiotic, oh. just just like all the fighting. It's like so much fighting, and part of the reason I moved out here too is just like Georgia was getting really bad. Like I mean, I'm not, I'm not I don't definitely don't want to talk about politics, but like it's fine, you don't have to. But I just started feeling I started feeling like I was surrounded by all these people who just didn't give a shit about anybody. Yeah, you know, like but themselves, and I was constantly. I mean, I had patients in the hospital that told me like who had COVID in the hospital who would told me that it was fake, you know, like, and that, and that they, and that it was the mask making them sick and not that it was a virus. Like, like I had people <laughs> telling me Come that on. I was wrong and that, and yeah. that, that everything was fake right now. And that, and I just like was so surrounded by that, that I was like, what, what world are we living in? What is this? And, and Bellingham's a lot more open-minded and, and the number, the COVID numbers are like less than half what they are in Athens. And, you know, like, I just feel like it's a lot, people are a lot more respectful here. Um, and so that was a big, like a big reason why I wanted to move to just being like constantly pummeled in the healthcare industry yeah. in a state like that, where, where a majority of the people just like didn't give a shit or didn't understand or weren't willing to learn or, Gotta feel like telling me or something, you know. Telling me I was the one who was wrong. Like I started to be like, "Am I am I crazy? Like, do I need to wear a mask to the grocery store? Like, 
I'm I'm right, right? Like yeah. I know this, right? And it started to make me doubt everything. It was so weird. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, being spelling ends a lot a lot more respectful, I think. Like I I feel it already being here. Um but yeah, that was that was helpful. So yeah, I I did feel like I was drowning um in in Athens and in healthcare and pandemic and then not able to have any sort of output as far as the creative side that let me forget that side. I used to have a really good balance of like working a pretty stressful job, but being able to only work part time and then have my outlet of, you know, playing music and traveling and constantly moving. Um, and yeah, that, that part of my life got taken away. So I was just like bombarded with, Hey, you're just a nurse now. And here's all these people who are telling you you're doing a terrible job (laughs) because they don't believe in science. So it was a very, it's been a very weird year for my brain in here and well, for everybody I know. And but. you've got a day job that's not only in demand, but is like a yawning maw of need as well. And, and sort of like, oh, yeah. so I've got this, you know, part of my brain where it's, it's like all my creative part of my brain is, is not able to be utilized. Well, don't worry because there is, you will never have enough to fill like the hole that is in this other part. Like it'll just, yeah. it'll take, take, take and take some more until it literally breaks you. Yeah. Breaks you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but I like th- being a nurse. I do. I swear I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but I, I I think so. First of all, some something that I've heard from listeners of the show is that they actually do enjoy when people who are musicians who who do have a day job and do balance it uh, yeah. speak to it, like speak a little bit about that. And so the. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just gonna oh, say. Go I was gonna say you said something really uh, identifiable to me, which is setting your life up in such a way to support the artistic endeavors, and then to have that just you know the rug just pulled out from under you, uh, rough, yeah. rough yeah. business. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, how did you? You said you were going to to just start in with uh, nursing school when Manor Asherman <laughs> Facebook messaged you. Uh, when they sent me a random message and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll be in your band. Cool. They slid into your DMs and you're like, who's Manor Asher, man? What's this? I feel like I'm going to make a lot of fans mad at that because like, I'm sure a lot of people would like really want to be in Manor Asher, man. And for me to be so nonchalant about well, okay, it. Okay. So let me, I, I, I know, I, I know what I have now and I'm grateful that yeah. they wanted me to be in the band, but also I will say, I think them asking me was also out of convenience because I happened to live down the street from Brian. <laughs> like, it was that I lived in Athens. It wasn't that I was handpicked out of like all these bands in the whole country. It was like, hey, this person lives in Athens, and it'd be easy for her to be in the band. Like, yeah, I don't. There, I just don't want to like make a lot of fans mad who are like, she didn't want to be in the band. And it's like that's not true. It's just I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do the research. I didn't know exactly what I was getting into. But I, it made the experience so much better that way anyway. That I had to like right. just find that out on stage what Coco was wearing and what he did and. I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, oh, God. Okay, yep, okay, I'm in. <laughs> a a, a uh, unfortunately rejected song title from a previous band of mine was There's Something to Be Said for Proximity, which I think is uh, <laughs> uh, applies to what you're talking about there. But also people it, uh, exactly people that don't have the context. I mean, you know, it's not like you know, We vs. the Shark wasn't a huge band, but it was a known band. It was it was a band that, like, you know, you, you guys were we very well respected. Out. I mean, in your, in your and field. we were big in our region, right. you know, like we were <laughs> exactly. for indie rock in like we could I sell out you. the 40 watts sometimes. We could sell out the 40 watts sometimes, you know, like that that for an indie band like is not bad. Yeah. You know, so but that's hard to explain to non-music people. I have non-music people ask me all the time, like, what band are you in? And 
And then when I tell them, like, man or astro man, we play, like, surf punk, they're like, oh. <laughs> they're like, oh. Or, or to have patients be like, be like, oh, well, like, are you on the radio? And I'm yeah, like, no. no, not really. And they're like, well. I remember one, one patient in particular. Uh, it's always with the patients because that's my non-music life, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, my coworkers and my patients are, like, they're not usually non-music people. And they're, they're like, oh, you're in a band. That's cool. Like, are you on MTV? Are you on the the radio like were you you know whatever and when i'm like no i i had this one particular patient who was like well one day <laughs> one day you will <laughs> and i still remember it because i'm like i'm like almost 40 years old what do you mean one day like i've been i've been in this career for 20 years like 25 years at this yeah, point yeah, like yeah. one one day i'll oh, be on day. the radio because yeah. that's the top that's, like that's, that's, that's it like the top for most of the pop for I, most yeah and i top. wasn't offended i just thought it was so funny like yeah. it's just the difference in idea so when you're like oh how big was we versus the shark it's like well i mean like i we would we would play some big shows sometimes which was yeah. good for indie bands you know like yeah. that's that's what it is and that's what yeah well, and uh, you know, and it's, it's something where there, there's a certain echelon of bands where you have, like, the respect of your peers and like the people that like you or other cool creative people, and mm-hmm. it's very hard to describe that to somebody outside that world. Like, why anybody would care about yeah. that? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. unless unless they also traditionally live the life, and uh, y- you know, that's you know, you can't eat prestige. But uh, that 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 is a you thing. You can try, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. not very filling. <clears throat> so, yeah. So with the um, did you have any thought uh, for gear stuff when you when you took up with Man or Astro Man? Did you change up anything or anything along those they, lines? Did you always so favor the weird? The, uh, I don't know that. I'm just guitar that, nerdy so, enough that I know some of the stuff and not not all of them, but the the cool guitar yeah. thing. It's uh it's a Hallmark swept wing. So that's like my signature guitar yeah. that I carry. But um that's those are actually just man or astroman guitars. Um they they were like, Hey, this is our look, like will you play this guitar? And luckily it it was easy to play. So um yeah, that they're um all the former guitar players in Man or Ashman played various versions of that guitar. Um, so I kinda just took those over. So I have them. <clears throat> Two, two guitars and a bass that match that are made by a company called Hallmark out of DC. Um, and they're the swept wings. Um, but yeah, I, they, outside of that guitar, they, they didn't really tell me like anything else. They're like, bring whatever pedals you want. Um, like when we're touring, if you want to use this amp instead of your own, so you don't have to carry your own. Um, so they're pretty like open about it, but I'm, I'm also just like, I'm second guitar. I'm not lead guitar. So it wasn't like crucial that I like had everything perfect to match up with star crunch. It was just like, Hey, as long as it sounds good, we're cool with it. Um, but I do know that I brought, cause I kind of, my, my, like me in music is a lot heavier than man or Astro man. Yeah. Like I had never really played surf music before. And I think what I brought to the band was definitely heavier and grungier and, Totally. I think at first, at first, it was a little startling to them, and I, I remember Star Crunch one day. Just, he didn't want to like tell me not to do something or not, you know. But he's like, Can you, maybe I, like turn the fog down a little bit. Like that's all. Like, and that was like the only time he's ever said anything. And I was like, God, like tell me what to do. Like it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you tell me what you want out of this 
it was like I, you know, interviewed for a job and got the job, like train me what you want me to do. Yeah. But they didn't want, they didn't really want to do that either. You know, they were just like, what do you want? And now, like, I do remember a few years ago, Teasley said something really, really nice that was like, that was like, you really changed this band for the better. Like you brought in your heaviness and your darkness and the buzz and the, you know, whatever that we didn't think would really fit, but it's like, it's who we are now. And, yeah. you know, like it really changed it in a way that is noticeable, but it's still us. And that was a really cool, that was really cool of him to say and to notice because it made me feel like I was, well, I'm a part of the band. I'm, you know, cause for the first few years I didn't, I was just like playing a role. Yeah. And now I feel like, now I feel like I'm like, I'm in it. You, you can know, be like your authentic self and it's, 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 yeah, a, yeah. it's a, an integral part of the creative component of, of what. The band yeah. Is. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was, it, but they'd always kind of given me freedom. So they're just like, no, you, you play whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And I, I honestly don't think there was, there's ever been a time where they didn't, or, or maybe they didn't tell me they didn't like something, but they like, it, there's never been a fight over any, any of that. Like whatever I'm playing, they're like, yeah, yeah it's great. It's cool. Like keep doing it, <laughs> which well, was very I, encouraging. It <sighs> felt like I fit in well, you know, I think if I was really fucking up, they would have told me earlier on, but <laughs> they, they just encouraged me to like be myself in the band. And, and that's how my, how I grew in the band and now why the band has evolved the way it has, has in part to do with me and just us, you know, learning how to play together and whatever. But um, yeah, I was really given the opportunity to just, myself in the band which is really awesome for a band that had already been established for 20 years to have someone new come in and then they were like yeah just do whatever you want and then it like worked out (laughs) i mean i think that's pretty cool but they're also a band that's embraced change over the years too i mean like if you listen yeah yeah to the like the very early estrus records ones it's like it's like more like oh no this is like straight up surf and then you get yeah. to like you know, technetium and uh, things along those lines and they start bringing in like other elements and uh you know EDAC. Yeah. like it's sort of you can't just keep you know writing the same tune over and over again as much as people like it no <laughs> and that yeah they've always been a band to like push those boundaries too and not it, it's not that they don't care what people think but they they definitely want to do things that make them happy you know and being stagnant is not one of them like right. they they, they wanted to be a surf band, but then they wanted to do all this weird stuff on yeah. stage that was out of bounds of, you know, like if you go, we played so many surf festivals that are like strict surf and it's like a religion. And right. I appreciate that about it. Like I appreciate how dedicated like people are to that particular genre, but they like, they didn't want to stay, you know, they wanted to be like, like play whatever they wanted and wear what they wanted and, carry a bunch of tvs on tour and like tear up a stage and be the punk rock surf band you know because they didn't want to like sit in this like genre and so even to this day like sometimes we'll play surf festivals and people will be like you guys aren't surf why are you playing this festival (laughs) and it's like well but um, hmm." so yeah they've always been that band to like try to break those boundaries and and constantly change and make each new record something slightly different to where you know it's still them but it's it's evolving constantly. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to be catering to the surf rock stew crowd that like, you know, surf rock stew only like surf rock music. And it's, it's, it's I'm sure yeah. you can make it fine. It's very cool, limiting. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but it's very limiting. I feel like, I mean, with any genre, if you're just country yeah. and you're not open to doing anything else or not liking anything else, like you really limit yourself, what you're taking in, you know, so you can, 
I mean, if that's all you like, that's one thing, but it's, you know, I think it can be really limiting if you don't give something else a chance or if you're just like, ah, that's not strictly this, it's bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did, how did you originally start in with guitar? Like, uh, you know, way before we versus the shark, like what, what, what drove you to start playing in the first place? Um, so I moved around a lot as a kid and, um, I, in middle school, I played sports a lot. Um, and I really wanted to be on the baseball team, but back in my day, girls couldn't pitch overhand on the baseball team. They told me to go play softball, sweetheart. And I probably could have like sued them or something and my life would be different now, but, um, I didn't. And I got real mad Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I got real, I got real mad at all sports cause I was a teenager and you know, one person makes you mad and you're like, oh, I'm not playing any sports yeah. then. I don't give a shit. I'm not playing anything. So I made a complete, like, there's probably a teen movie about it somewhere about the jock girl who now really want to be a punk rocker. Yeah, so yeah, I was sure. 12 or 13 and, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to be in the sports sports life anymore and I moved around so much that I didn't feel like I had a good like friend base and I I mean it made me more independent but I kind of turned into like independent loner trying to find my way as a teenager but also being like real kind of lonely and and just by myself a lot um and so I decided I really wanted to play music and uh I always sang when I was a kid and my parents had tried various instruments when I was younger. Like I had, I think I still have a keyboard. They bought me a keyboard when I was really little. And my mom has like a recording of me singing there, uh, uh, singing along, like playing the keyboard um, oh. from when I was really little. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, um, I have, I have an uncle who's like close to my age that um, I'm pretty close to that was like my brother growing up and he played bass and I thought he was super cool. So I was like, Oh, I've, I want to, I want to play music, but I don't want to be just like him. So I'll play guitar instead of bass because, you know, they're completely different. So, um, I was trying to be cool and independent yeah. and not be just like him, but I was right. trying to well, be just I'm like doing him. something totally different so, over here. This is totally different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's not a bass. It's a guitar. Uh, please, more strings. please. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I kind of got inspired by him and then I played guitar and, um, I kind of just taught myself, um, I, like I said, I sat in my room a lot by myself and learned a lot of Metallica songs when I was 13. <laughs> it started off as like punk, like, you know, Green Day was, Green Day was punk at the time and yeah. radio, radio stuff. Cause I didn't know I was 13. No. If I grew up in Seattle, I'd probably know about girl, riot girl stuff, <laughs> and, but I didn't. I grew up in Colorado Springs. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was more like Green Day and then it, it Somehow I got listened to Metallica and it, it turned into that. This, um, I mean, yeah, it's just the legacy of that band is, is is storied, but I mean it's hard to it's hard to argue that they don't have some pretty unfuckwithable guitar stuff. Like it's pretty exciting oh, sounding, yeah. you know. Like I mean, first album is punk. Their first album is punk as fuck. Like yeah. kill them all. Like come on. Like that, <laughs> that's just, yeah, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lars is terrible, but it, the rest of it's great. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so I spent a lot, like from thir age 13 to 15, just sitting in my room a lot, like going to school and not really, you know, making a lot of friends, but yeah. um, playing guitar. That was like my, that was the thing I did. I would come home and really want to play guitar and just trying to teach myself everything I could. And then the last high school I went to that I graduated from, I finally like 
met a good group of friends. I moved there like end of my junior year and met like a really good group of friends who uh, they were in like into ska and punk and they were in a, a ska band. And uh, so I kind of went that way for a little bit and started a band with some of them. And that was, I think when I was 15, it was Nova Goes Ballistic. That was my first like real band that played shows. And by shows, I mean like at a church or at a, I don't know. I don't even remember where else we played, but yeah, it was just like our friends getting together, but it was like the first time I was writing stuff and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Um, so yeah, just evolved from there. Um, was that, that was yeah. that your first experience like writing songs was in that band? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Did you, uh, and I was did, did, 14, 15. Did it feel natural or, or were you just like, wait, you can do this? Like, you know, like what was the, <laughs> I think it made me like some bands less. Like I started writing songs and I was like, I was like, this shit's easy. Like what? Why yeah. is this band so popular? Like their, their songs are so easy. So yeah. it actually made me, yeah, it, it made me feel pretty good when I started writing songs. Cause I was like, Oh, I can do this. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Do you have any specific, uh, you know, sometimes I, I don't do it that often, but I think it could be kind of interesting. Any specific worst show, best show memories uh, for any band, just just of like, you know, a show that where, you know, maybe there was something memorable yet terrible or disappointing or awful yeah. or hilarious uh, in the way that, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Uh. Yes. <laughs> yes. One comes to mind. And I think, I think to this day, it's probably the biggest show I've ever played in my life, like as far as attendance. Um, but we were in Sao Paulo, Brazil. This is with Manor Astroman. Mm-hmm. And in Sao Paulo, and they have this gigantic art and music festival. I think it's every year. But our stage was basically on this downtown street. And when I was on the stage, you could not see where the crowd ended. Like wow. that, it just was like a straight street downtown. And it was just like, people like i don't know how i can't even guess how many people it was so wow. i'm pretty sure it's the biggest show i've ever played yeah um and there were like like there were so many people that there was the stage and then farther back there were big screens because they were there were cameras on it so that they could put us on the screen so that the people in the far back could see it sure because like, they're so far away it was massive you know? <laughs> yeah it <laughs> was massive yeah so it started off as a pretty like normal show for us like i was extra excited because it was so big and uh, and I didn't feel nervous and that was a cool thing you know or I was like it's a lot of people and I feel really good about playing and then uh where where it started to go funny wrong was that I don't remember who got off stage first but part of our thing you know is sometimes we get down in the crowd or we find something to climb on or we do some stupid shit that we hope will work out and look cool and people will think it's awesome or we run the risk of either falling and breaking our leg or hurting somebody or hurting ourselves or something. Massive Most of the time injury or tragedy. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us have broken a bone on. Well, yeah, I don't think so. Not, not since I've been in the band, but um, yeah. So at some point star crunch jumped down and we were just, it was like Teasley and I on stage, like both Coco and star crunch had jumped off the stage and they were kind of split. Like they went further down um, into the crowd and then it was like just Teasley and I on stage and we're just like okay rhythm section here <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we're just gonna keep going we don't know what they're doing when they're gonna come back yeah. and uh, I look up and Star Crunch has climbed the little tower to get in front of the screen mm. so it's like big him on a screen and little him playing guitar in front of it which was 
rock star moment. Like, yeah, super visual, awesome and cool, big. cool visual. And sure, then, yeah. yeah. And then Coco started crowd surfing and which was also another big rock star moment. Like yeah. you're crowd surfing and it's awesome and it can just go forever. But then it went forever. Like they kept taking him further. Coco kept surfing <laughs> the, the tide. The tide took him out into the ocean. <laughs> and he kept going and going. And then Star Crunch like managed to climb off this thing, but like security wouldn't let him back the way he came. <laughs> so it's just me and Teasley on stage and we're just like looking around. We're like, okay, keep your game face on. Like, yeah. we're going to keep this song going. And, like, they just disappeared. And I swear it was, like, 30 minutes oh of them God. being gone. <laughs> and then I think, at, I think at some point, I think there's a picture of it somewhere on the internet. I think Tisa got out behind the drum set and, like, grabbed the, like, we swapped instruments. Or, like, I think there's a picture of him playing my guitar around me or something like that because yeah, yeah, yeah. we were just trying to think of things in the moment to like keep people's interest who were right there and they couldn't see anything else that was going yeah, on yeah, yeah. and it just like it felt like forever like it felt <laughs> so long and i was like people paid for this shit like what like is this good is yeah, this, yeah, is yeah, this yeah. okay is this performance <laughs> art what's happening right now <laughs> And then, and then later that night we were on MTV Brazil, so it was okay. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. ended up being cool and redeeming. But in the moment, it was just like this could have been really cool, but it turned into this really long thing where like two of our band members got lost, and security wouldn't let one of them back, and and it just like turned into this like this whole thing that really did not need to go on for forty five minutes, like it felt like it did. But yeah. <laughs> Was, was I mean what was what was the crowd reaction in that moment? Were, were they all just kind of like, yeah, cool? Like, did I mean, people think that this is part of the show or what? Yeah, they were into it. Right? I feel like they're always into it. I feel like there's rarely a moment at a Manor Ashman show where something goes horribly wrong and people aren't just like totally into it. You know, like that's good. I yeah. where was it? I think uh, we had a West Coast tour and played in San Francisco, and uh, I think it was our first or second show of that tour, and. And Starcrunch like knocked over his amp during one song, and it literally broke like right there. And like we had broken. And so what? What Burstuff does to make up for that chaos is he breaks something else, you know, on purpose to be like, oh, it's part of the show. And oh, yeah. people are, oh, yeah. yeah, people are just they're just into it. They're just yeah. Rarely does that stuff happen where people are like, oh, this is stupid. Or maybe those people are there and they just walk out and they leave and I just don't. You don't have to I deal ignore with it, that yeah. and I just think <laughs> I just think everyone thinks that it's awesome and it's it's just it's silly. So yeah, it's it's usually people being excited about us breaking things and and uh, yeah. The that, that was at the Independent that was. Uh, uh, yes. I was at that one. That was, was a, that was, was the first show. time I saw you play with Man Rashman. Then that was a great show. Was oh awesome. yeah, that was a really good show. Yeah. I think I think at the end of that show though we broke everything. I think that was the show because it was like two days into that tour, and then we had to go the next day and right. leave early so that we could find someone to fix his amp. And it was, yeah, <laughs> we go to Guitar Center a lot, also like for drums. Um, I don't know why Bird Stuff isn't sponsored at this point, but he breaks he breaks so much stuff. Yeah, I mean I've I've, yeah. I've seen him purposefully impale the drums. Uh, more than a few times when it's it oh he does great. that almost every night yeah. he almost does that every night and then he doesn't have backup like drum heads a lot of times and so we always have to make a detour and it's like you know if we just plan for this we could sleep a little more yeah 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 we didn't have to be constantly be picking up new supplies to destroy uh, that night yeah yeah 
But his drum sculptures are very impressive, I will say. No, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, some, some of the times they're very tall. Like he, and it's not the same every time. Like he's very methodical about it and an very artistic. He's very artistic about it. Like every night it's like, okay, on this stage, how can I make the best drum sculpture? Right. It's never the same and it's never in the same order. And it's, it, he's very creative. Uh, do you have any, like, it almost seems like this South Powell show could be like also best show moment, but do you have any, uh, do you have any like, just like, Oh my God, best show ever like, uh, stories that you could share? <sighs> best show ever. Or um, even like something that you thought was going to be not awesome. And it turned out pretty, pretty great in a yeah. momentous way. Yeah. Um, I think we have a lot of those as Manor After Man. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going more to Manor Astroman because they're like, they're the band I've played with the most in the past decade. Yeah, and sure. so a lot of those shows stick out a lot more to me. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of those, I'm trying to pick out like a particular one, but I think, I think just uh, there are a lot of Manor Astroman shows that we pull up to these venues and we're just like, this is going to be a terrible show. <laughs> like why? why are we playing like who booked us here (laughs) and i don't mean to sound like a brat when i'm like who booked us at this you know like that's not what i mean by that it's just like our shows are all over the place like we'll play venues that are like you know georgia theater size or you know bigger that are you know a thousand people or you know more you know whatever and then we'll pull up to a venue that's like a 50 cap with like really low ceilings and like a shit you know like (laughs) like total dive that are very fun to play, but it's hard with Manor Ashman to play those yeah, shows. W- wild antics um, are very dangerous when you have low ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that's what there I was a, anyway, yeah. There was a show. Oh gosh. I can't remember the name of the place. It's, it, it was in Savannah and it's not the jinx. Um, but there was a place there. The that we sh- it's the wormhole. The wormhole. Yes. Where we, we pulled up there and that it ceiling was like, is so low. It was so low. And we had these like, these screens that opened up and we had our, our a friend of ours who was our lighting guy and like would set up that stuff for us so he could do his projections. Yeah. Um, and we had to literally go to Home Depot <laughs> during sound check and buy hardware to cut the screens down yeah. so that they would fit on the stage like right there. But then that show ended up being great. Like, you know, like you start off seeing a place like that and going through sound check and you're like, Oh, this is going to be like, or this is going to be a practice show or this is going to be whatever, like who's going to come to this show. Yeah. And then it ends up being packed full and you sell the most merch and you have the best, like sweatiest time yeah. with feeling this low and having to like <laughs> reconfigure your whole thing. So yeah, I remember that show in particular. Yeah. Being like that where we're like, what? Is, isn't it amazing like, that I to... immediately knew where you were talking about? By You the knew way, where yeah. it was. <laughs> I was like, I, I know where it is. <laughs> that's that's so, how small, that's how small world like indie rock is. Yeah, I yeah. think like, yeah. I yeah. remember being like, we, was this a bet? Like was someone like, I can make a venue with like the <laughs> lowest ceiling. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. And they win. I think they win. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just it seems very <laughs> bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So the, with, with, uh, with the move to Bellingham, you've got a whole kind of world of possibilities. Uh, you know, going yeah. in front of you. I mean, do you have any ideas for you know what uh, what quarter quarter two, twenty twenty one for Sam Paulson might look like? I mean, you have an uncertain future all around, but um, yeah, it is it is uncertain. Um, 
I haven't I haven't thought that far ahead because it took a lot of planning just to get here where I am yeah. right now, like yeah. in the past couple months, that I haven't had time to even think about that. Um, I would like to think it's a possibility that live music could come back by the end of the year, but at being a nurse and at seeing the rate of vaccinations that are going out, um, it, I just I don't want to be too. Um, too optimistic about it unfortunately so uh i don't know i don't i don't want to make big strides to like start booking shows at the end of this year and then have to cancel again so i i kind of feel like i as far as me personally i um i really want to get back on track with writing and getting myself mentally back to being a musician before even talking about booking a show or talking about live music coming back or going to a show. Like, I just don't think we're even close to that yet, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. This is where people shut off the episode and they're like, fuck you. No, turn it off. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but I'm just, I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah, like we thought this shit was going to be over by last summer. And here we are in the almost March yeah. of the following year. Like we're not doing things correctly. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe things are slightly better, but I still see people going full on out to restaurants and not wearing mask places and they're not helping. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. still aren't like as, and I feel like sometimes I'm too strict with it. You know, like I haven't been inside a grocery store in forever. I haven't eaten in a restaurant in a year. Yeah. Like I, 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 take it seriously and sometimes I think it's too far but then I'm like no like if everybody did this <laughs> like the first go around it been we over. wouldn't fucking yeah. be here we wouldn't be here and yeah it's so I just I don't want to be too optimistic about like cool vaccinations are here we're back to normal because it's not it's not going to do that and yeah. people are even hesitating about getting vaccinations so it's like how long are they, is that going to push things back where like like I know they're not available to everybody now. I was lucky enough to be in healthcare and yeah. get I'm fully COVID vaccinated, but I'm still careful. I'm still wearing a mask. I still don't want the variants. I don't want my partner who's not vaccinated to get it. Right, and uh, right. we're taking that very seriously. And I just see a lot of people not doing it. So I just don't. I don't think. I don't think live music and art is gonna have a strong comeback anytime soon. Unfortunately, so I, I would rather focus on getting myself and making sure my friends are back to an okay place mentally to like write again or play again in any form, you know, but not necessarily like back to touring again or back to normal. Well, because how could anybody with a conscience do so? If, if you know that you're propagating something that is like actively causing harm and death, let's not forget but there are to the world. There are but, you know, there are, have you seen, like, there are places in the country that are throwing what they're calling COVID festivals, where yeah. they're, like, having people come, and, and there's even a venue in Athens that I read about in the news that opened up, and they're having, like, cover bands booked. Of course and, they like, they're not being shut down because they're following the rules in Georgia, where they're, I don't know how they're doing it, but it's happening. But no one in their right mind, like... Like us, or we're not gonna, gonna go. Book our why, bands why would you there. go? Why would you go? We're play? Gonna no. go. We're not gonna. No, I'm not I'm gonna not go. Gonna I'm not gonna play. COVID for a fucking for a fucking stupid cover band at some shitty bar. Yeah, like, like, believe I'm me, not. 
as much as I want to, I would do that on a normal night, but I, I'm not going to do that right now. And I'm not, I'm not going to book my band to play a show when it, it could hurt my, my fans or my friends and my like people coming out. Like it's just not, it's not there yet. And it's not going to be there for a while because people are just not taking it seriously. I mean, not, not even being able to settle upon an agreed upon set of facts about what's happening is just, I mean, that that's, that's insane. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, but yeah. I mean, there's been a through line to all of this, right? Like there, there's been multi decades that this has been built up to this, but yeah. I never thought that there would be an act, like just an active rejection altogether of a reality basically, of which is what this is. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be clear. Like, yeah. you know, I don't care. I don't give a damn what your political leanings are. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're saying it has nothing that it's, to do with this. Yeah. it's not real or like that it doesn't affect you or like this speech, it's drunk dad logic is what it is. Like yeah. it, it's, it's just, yeah. it shifts. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. Are you even listening to what you're saying? And yeah. I don't know, like, I'm not going to be nice about it. To hell with them. You're actively making the world terrible. It's your fault. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I definitely, I had, yep. my, I had my moment where I'm like, cool, I hope they, I hope they get in and they die. There you go. <laughs> it's course, easy to feel that when, it won't be them. So it'll be, hard. it'll yeah. be like people around them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's, yeah, that's what's happening. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I've seen it firsthand. Like, the, yeah, I know yeah, you the, have, and that's, the, that's the, why the patients, the patients who are arguing with with those of us that that have a degree. I don't have a degree in COVID, but I know enough of the science behind it, yeah. and I know that our that our you know research on it is evolving, and that we're trying to learn more about it because it is a new virus. But yeah. we all know enough about vaccines, and sci- you know the science world knows enough about all this stuff that we should be listening. And uh, way too many people are not listening. <laughs> Well, and I think they, and there's also, but on the other side, there's also alarmist talk of like, well, this is going to be with us for, for, for forever. And it's like, well, so is influenza. Yeah, flu, <laughs> you yeah. Know, people get and flu kills people every year. It does. It, but, you know, that's, but we have the flu shot and that cuts down on it drastically, you know, and it cuts down a lot of things. And that's what we're striving for with us too. And we will get to but that yeah. point so, if we take the actions that are required to do so. But it's, it's like, we're just yeah. failing to do that and just making the world actively crappier and crappier yeah. anyway i'm gonna get down off my soapbox yep. now about this and also everybody knows anyways <laughs> yeah, anyways yeah anyways we're just but it feels good to like get it out doesn't it like it to does. call, like to, to call it out like feels good so yeah. it's okay we had we had it let's talk about something happy now what should we, what should, we talk about? Well, should i change my background for you well no people are listening that's not gonna be exciting for them well, i'm gonna yeah. change it anyways you, you, you can't you can you can keep talking i'll change it and then when you laugh at it you can uh, okay sounds, how about that sounds one? good how about well, this one that's good that no that's good that actually would this so this background which is the um uh, this is fine cartoon <laughs> background that would have been perfect for the conversation we just had i know i should have changed it. i should have changed it earlier yeah i was i was a minute behind yeah that's good that's good i one. still really like i think this one this one i should have changed to when uh when we were talking about me moving to the pacific northwest yeah 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 it's a, uh, for for the audio listeners, uh, Sam has changed oh, yeah. the background to be uh, the two main characters of Twilight, I believe. <laughs> okay, we'll go back to space theme. Here we go. Yeah, okay. exactly. Got to got to keep it space theme. So uh, the so the Wii versus the Shark record, people can get it. It's it's available. It's on the internet. Yes. Things along those lines. Ernest uh, Jennings record. Thank you. And yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah, it's on it's on vinyl. It's on you know digital. All the all the things. 
all, all the normal things that you would think uh, <laughs> that might be on. Um, no, no CDs, no cassettes, but you know, that's not so normal anymore. So yes, digital right. and, and vinyl. <laughs> the, um, was there ever any thought to doing like a streaming thing or something along those lines? People seem to like that. I don't know. We did talk about that too. <laughs> um, instead of doing tour when we like canceled shark tour, we had talked about like, maybe we can just all be in a room and, and video it. And it just, yeah, we, it just wasn't safe enough at that time, you know, yeah. over the summer too, especially with, with two of them living outside of the state, you know, like Jeff living in New York, like it just didn't seem like a good idea to get us all in a room to stream. Um, and I think with all of us living so far apart now, it's, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Logistically infeasible. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think the technology exists. I could be wrong. Maybe if someone's listening and they, they know that this technology exists, let me know. But if we could all be like this and do a Zoom concert where we're all in separate, you yeah, know, yeah, spaces yeah. that are safe. But, like, that's not going to sound or feel good. So how do you how do you do it? You know, I just I don't I don't know. I haven't I don't feel the same with streaming. You know, I've watched a couple of streaming performances from bands I like and. It's cool that they're getting to do it. It probably feels good for them to play. Um, but, like, as a performer, I just feel like it would feel very flat to just play for a video camera and hope people are watching or maybe just be, like, Insta- Instagram Live, like, three people are watching. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, would just... that feel as good as a real show where three people went there or worse or better? I just, I don't know. Interrupt the I doom just, scrolling for a second, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I can't get I can't get the energy up to like I just don't think it'll feel good. So the ones yeah, that I haven't I've really thought about streaming has been have been like kind of more produced affairs where it's something where yeah. it, it isn't just like a band in a room. It's like oh they're, they're yeah. making some kind of cool thing, and that's sort of like I I I'm into that. I think that's cool. Um, Cat's Cradle is doing it. Have you caught any of the Cat's Cradle? They're doing like I live haven't. stream I've shows. Seen they have. I've seen they've been doing it though. Yeah, but it's like the sound is really good. Um, my my best friend's band, Totally Slow, who he didn't pay me to say that, um, they did it recently, and it uh, <laughs> it uh, it sounded really good, like video and and audio quality. So like they had people there, like it was professional and put together, but it still like had the energy of like a live rock show. So yeah. I think that's been my favorite my favorite one so far that I've seen. Because you're right, like having having good quality sound and and audio like makes a difference in those streaming videos instead of just like a blown out speaker. I feel like I don't have the technology <laughs> or the, iPhone or the, in the, corner, the yeah. knowledge. Yeah. It's just going to be my iPad in the corner and me like playing my guitar at full volume and it's going to sound like shit. And like, <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth yeah. it. So two viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, and I, I don't, I don't like to like get off on a rant or anything. Cause I don't want to, you know, whatever's working for other people, hey, you know, good for you. Like that, that, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. as someone who, you know, so much of my life is built around not just playing, but seeing live music. It's just it, it just doesn't hit the same for me. And it doesn't mean it can't be mm-hmm. cool and it can't be interesting. But yeah, I want to feel it. Yeah, I want, exactly. I want, I want to, I want it to shake my insides. You know, like that's why. I like the music I do. Um, I mean, I like listening on headphones a lot and I it, listening to an album is, is a different experience. I know. Um, and I do enjoy, I do enjoy that, but yeah, like live watching a band play live when it's 
loud and it like physically moves you is is a whole other experience that you can't really get from watching a live stream or a concert on tv there's, there's nothing quite like it and and, and, and i think even mm-hmm. people that are into like the live streaming thing will all i don't think anyone's gonna be like no no i think everyone's gonna agree <laughs> with that statement but it's yeah yeah it, it bears reiteration because you know it's it's just it's just a bummer man it's just a bummer yeah 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 the world's uh, a bummer right now yeah so, so what do you uh so any anything on the um goodbye guitar record did you like to particularly shout out or highlight uh some, sometimes they do a thing where I'll, I'll go through each song or record um yeah. song by song and that can be kind of cool yeah uh if you're down for yeah. that uh, yeah i'm down for that cool so uh first song is uh, no negative space rules forever um, this was a very shark introduction to this album. Um, to me, it was very, I don't know. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I think it's the best song to open up the album. Um, I'm trying to think of any, like anything particularly from recording or anything that stands out. And I, I don't think it does. Like, I think it's a really solid song and a good song, but we, we definitely all agreed that this was the opener. Like, when we were talking about track order, it just made sense because with us coming back and this being like a decade after our last album, this just made the most sense for people, one who had never heard us and two who had heard us, who knew what we're about. This song makes the most sense as that introduction. So I do know that that was like a no contest, like album opener from the, from the start. And that was, that was weird because we, yeah, it's a good thing to like agree on that because, we were trying to like move other songs around and yeah. like there was, you know, wiggling other songs, but that was always the one that was like, Oh, that's it. That's, that's the opener. That's it. I feel like it used to be first song and last song were the uh, most important ones. And then like yep. when vinyl came yep. back, it's like, okay, well, how does side A in and how does site B? Begin? Side A and side. Yep. But now yep. it's like the all most important one is what song is going to be first. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's well, good, on, good on platforms like, on platforms like Spotify, like that people are maybe only going to listen to that first song or two. So you have to make exactly. sure it's like, and up. the same goes for like any media, like CDs. I mean, how many CDs did you buy when you were a teenager and put in and pop, listen to song one, you wanted it to like, yeah. you want that song to hit and drag you into it. And Gotta get the yeah. attention right so away. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't yep. put don't put the ponderous. But it can't like, be your best song. It shouldn't be the best no, no. song because you got to work up. So <laughs> right, it like right, right. has to be like the, the perfect the perfect song to make people want to listen more yeah. but not be the best song because you don't want to let them down in the rest of the album. Right, right. Oh, the first one's great and then it kind of peters out after that. Yeah, yeah and then it kind of... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so second song, uh, We All Get a Raise, which I love that title. We way. All Get a Raise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my... Okay, so I did a lot more vocals on this album than I would ever done with any shark stuff, mm-hmm. um, which was just me being more confident in vocals and wanting to sing more and they wanted me to. So I think it took me a long time to literally find my voice because I was always so shy when I was younger. And then when Shark started playing, I sang a little bit, but I was always like really quiet and nervous. And they really like helped me build my confidence in singing more. Um, So I knew this record, I really wanted to sing a lot more. Um, I think recording vocals is my favorite thing to do. I, I like recording guitar, but to me, recording vocals is is more, I don't know. I don't know what about it is more anything, but I just really like it. And I, I've really grown to like know my voice, I think, and know what I can't do 
And I think I didn't know how to do that with the first shark record. So this record, it was really me like knowing how to write vocals for my voice right. and record them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really proud of the I'm really proud of the vocal stuff I did on this record and that's the first song I I think that's the first vocal song I recorded for this album. Um and then the lyrics the lyrics are about um work basically and how like uh it actually stemmed from like being in a work meeting and instead of like giving us a raise for our good work, they just like bought us pizza. You know, it's like that kind of idea of like, yeah, hey, keep up, move. keep up the good work. Like, yeah. yeah, we all, we all get a raise and it's a pizza party. <laughs> like yeah. it was just kind of that idea. So, um, yeah. Classic yeah. move. Classic move. <laughs> classic. classic. Yeah. I'm not claiming I have the like most, Best, the best newest ideas and lyrics. I just write what I know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's relatable to like most people that you know either have to work a day job or you know have uh, mm-hmm. had that kind of experience in their life. It's certainly relatable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number three is uh, "Righteous Vibes." Righteous Vibes is the song that we thought would be the number one hit on the album. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like a little too sweet and catchy at first. Like it was yeah. a little too like. Hey, we're a rock band, rock righteous vibes. You know, like it was just <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like even the name, even the name righteous vibes. Like it was so not us, but then it turned into us entirely. Like I think, I think that song especially just like captures how we all felt like mm. writing the album because it's so positive and it's so just like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know that. That that's the song I I have a video for in my head, and I think we all wanted to make a music video before pandemic, and that probably would have been the song we have a music video to, um, or we would have. Um, but yeah, that to me is like the song that I want to like be featured on a Lifetime movie. Or right. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of like poppy generic that it could be picked up for something yeah, stupid yeah. like that, and I really want to see it on like the stupidest thing. Like the, um, the, the, yeah, the moment I, where the 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 lost family pet is found or something, and everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think that song, it, like, kind of captures the whole way we felt making the album. Like, mm-hmm. we did feel very good about it, and that song is just like so light and and upbeat, yeah. and it yeah. just that that was the that was the whole vibe throughout this whole album. Was it was righteous? It really was. Righteous vibes, man. Just righteous vibes. Righteous vibes, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is righteous. <laughs> uh, I am never going home for Christmas again. Oh, okay. That was a baritone song. That that song. <laughs> I don't know what you. Uh, do you want me to say anything particular about these songs or just yeah, whatever? Please. No, I'm no, no. Trying. That's that's exactly. I'm just, what we're I feel doing. like I'm describing. The, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. That's that's, that the, song, that's the bit, my friend. That song took the longest song to mix on the whole album really that song had so many things it had double baritone it had my little soft vocals with the mighty baritones it had it just had everything it was loud and heavy but then it was like sweet and poppy because that's what i did with it vocally yeah that it took so long to mix because we all i think we all we did a thing that um, that sound engineer Tate, where we all were like, "No, I want more of my guitar in there." <laughs> and then Scott would be like, "No, I, I can't hear I can't hear my snare. Like, can you turn up the snare? Can you turn up this? Can you turn up this? Can you turn up this to where when we finally got to it, everything was turned up here, yeah, yeah. and we had to like break it all down. And um, 
our good friend Mike Albanese. He's um, he's in Maserati and Cine Mechanica, and he's basically been the person to record everything with me personally with it with all the shark stuff and with mean queen like he's my he's my guy yeah um yeah he basically just had to tell us like stop telling me things i'm just gonna like start from the start <laughs> like we have blown this shit out it is now too loud everything is all the way up and it sounds like shit like we're <laughs> starting again and so that was the yeah so that was the song that we we all loved so much that we wanted it to sound so big and good and in that we just like drove him crazy with it that he had to just like tear it down and start again but i think it ended up being one of the strongest songs on there like it has one of my favorite riffs to play the little baritone riff is cool and then my my i think my favorite vocals maybe that i did on the album and it's it's about it it turned out this is another song too that i think could be on like um a disney channel teen movie you know, it has like that vibe yeah. to it of, yeah. with my poppy, yeah, my like poppy, yeah. poppy sort of vocals. Yeah. And it, it sounds like the lyrics are written in a way to sound like I was in high school when I wrote them. And it was about like a family member of mine dying and very like feeling these emotions like I felt when I was in high school and trying to yeah. relay that as an adult. And I want, kind of wanted it to come across that way. So, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite songs on the album for for that reason that we all fought for it so hard for it to sound the best it could and yeah it, but it was a it was a really tough one to mix because it has it just had so much there's a lot on. going on yeah well that's that's one of the things i think about it that, that's one of my favorite for whatever it's worth that's one of my favorites on the record too and i think that yeah it's, um, i think that's a good representation of uh what the band does too like a little bit there's almost like a little bit of yep. everything in there which is kind of nice <laughs> and that's what we've always done i think i think all of us have a little bit of add and we just like when we started writing together we just didn't we were called Massey because we didn't play in four, four times right. the whole time. Exactly. And it mean? was, it, it wasn't that we were trying to be weird and off kilter. We just like, I, we would get bored playing like the same verse a second right. time. Right. So we're like, what can we do in this verse to change it? Like, let's add this thing. Yeah. And how about for the second chorus, instead of playing the same chorus, we're going to extend it into this thing and we're going to throw another baritone guitar and there. We're going to do this. Like that's always been our thing. And people either hate it or love it, you know, like, we've we've been told that we do too many things you know <laughs> and then and i get it i get it but it like keeps my brain entertained instead of just like playing the same verse course verse you know like we just try always tried to do what made us happiest in that song and sometimes that was just playing something different every verse yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounded like 10 songs in one and that annoyed a lot of people but that's fine it was fun to play so that's what that song is yeah definitely <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's you want to ride the line between keeping yourself interested and sounding like you're getting paid by the part too. You know, that, yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we do, we have made millions on this album. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally, it's cracked the code. <laughs> finally, uh, uh, in reverse. In reverse, uh, that song half of it is literally in reverse. Um, <laughs> From the truth yeah, advertising we, department. Yeah. Yeah, we actually talked about making that our first single because we thought it'd be hilarious to have a really short song where yeah. half of it, the second half was literally like the same thing slow down in reverse, like yeah. fucking nonsense. <laughs> and we're like, that'd be hilarious. Let's do it. But we didn't. Um, yeah, that's literally it. And I think the most impressive thing about that song is Luke, the other guitar player, actually, there's a little guitar solo thing in the middle and he learned how to play it backwards. Mm. 
and played it backwards and then it's played forward. <laughs> so there's literally things that are in reverse on that whole thing. That's great. So, and that was just us having fun in the studio and fun. being like, what if, I, what if I learned how to play it? Like it sounds like it's backwards and then when we play it forwards, it's forwards, but it's actually backwards. So it was like, Whoa. it was, we're just stupid. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let the wrong one in. Uh, this one, this is one of my favorite dual Luke and Sam vocals of all time. Um, I really loved writing to Luke had written his vocals first and I got to write to his and sing along with him. Yeah. Um, which is something usually what we do is we each take our own songs and we're the main everything on it. And right. this was the first that it was more like two of us. Um, instead of just one, and I really loved doing that. Um, and yeah, his his lyrics are my favorite on this song. I think they're really strong. And um, yeah, I love yeah, I love this song. It's always a little different when you're writing with multiple voices too. You got to decide whether you're going to yeah. complement or contrast. You got to you know how, yep. how are you going to fit it in? You know, style, yep. beats, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, who's got the chrome? Who's got the chrome? Um, <laughs> this was a song that I had the least amount of guitar stuff to do in it, but it was really fun because it was mostly just like guitars, yeah. you know, which yeah, yeah. are really fun to do sometimes. So this was a Jeff heavy song, which we each have our own style and you can tell who wrote a majority of the song. Right. Once you get to know us, I think you can tell. And this is a very Jeff heavy song. And he's, yeah. So so this is this is the Jeff song of the album, I feel like, that he it's him and it's, it's he's great at everything so yeah it's the most the most distilled jeff <laughs> I, I feel like this is a song i did the least in actually because i yeah it was like one guitar track for me and it was a, a pretty straightforward one and that felt weird but then it was like this is what i need to do on this song like yeah. that's all i need to do so yeah you used up all the parts on the other song, you know, so. I did. Yeah, I ran out. <laughs> I met my quota. Yeah, I yeah. met my quota and I didn't I didn't have to do any more. I'm sorry, man. We're full up on riffs for this for this one. <laughs> all out of notes. <laughs> uh, we said no deadlines. Um, yeah, that literally that title literally is just that we Wrote, started writing this album and said, "Hey, we're not having like let's just we're making this for us." And then it turned into, "Hey, okay, we have this record label and they want it done here. We need the artwork here." And yeah. I was still writing fucking lyrics, so I was like, "Hey, <laughs> guess what? I made I wrote this song called We Had We Set No Deadlines." <laughs> so it is literally a song that I was like mad about having done. <laughs> the meta commentary and that, and is strong, yeah. And that's the genius behind my lyrics. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just kind of mad in the moment and being like dude what why am i rushing this shit like we said no deadlines and then i was like pushing to get it done and it actually turned out that's an evergreen topic though (laughs) i mean that's some you know that that's that's relatable i think oh yeah 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 for sure uh and i say that as someone who has a tendency to set arbitrary deadlines for things that nobody cares about all the time too by the way and then be like oh why do i have this arbitrary deadline you know it's just the uh Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. See the cartoon of the guy with on the bike, you know, putting the stick in the front wheel and knocking himself over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the song too. Oh yeah, this is the song too that has all the self references. So mm. this is I think this is the point in my songwriting where I was like, I don't know what the fuck to write about, so I'm just gonna write about this band. <laughs> like I'm I'm here right, and we said right. no deadlines and then I'm gonna reference 
So there are a lot of references from other lyrics and other songs of ours. Right. And it's kind of about how the band is playing again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Which that. Which sounds stupid when I say it out loud. It does, <laughs> but it's, it's what made sense at the time. It's, so. it's, it's not often done in rock music, but they do it all the time in like no. rap and stuff. It's like, there's, it's like That's true. The, the, the idea of there being like, you know, no, this is the song where I announced that I'm back and rapping again. Oh, okay, cool. Oh yeah. And nobody thinks Gwen Stefani it. just did it. Yeah. Gwen Stefani just reintroduced herself. Like, like no one knew who she was. Like what? Yeah, like did we, she have we, to we do know, that? We, we know, you know, we know who you like, are, right? Like I had to do it because I'm in an indie rock band. <laughs> like yeah. Gwen Stefani didn't have to do that, but I had to do it. and I wrote a whole song about it. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> uh, the Invincible Hand. The Invincible Hand. That was the song that we thought should be an outro, and it's a very like very good end of album song but we changed it last minute but that's actually the first song i recorded vocals to and i was the most nervous because i went in thinking i was just gonna be listening to them doing stuff and then jeff was like hey record some vocals right now and i was like not prepared that was like the very first thing i did Uh, on this record that was like yeah that was my first getting like actually getting back into recording with this band was this song so um yeah i think this song's really powerful um in yeah it's like it's really big and i think it's really big for us um it's definitely not a song i ever thought we could write Mm -hmm. um but i think we did we did the most us with it that we could um but yeah those big those big belted um notes that i sing on the chorus that was the first thing i recorded after not having recorded vocals i just went in there and i was like like, zero to 60 and i was like here I am. Like, here we go. So, yeah, let's, it worked let, out. Let's roll. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, and then um, you close out the record with creme brulee. <laughs> yeah. So that's the stupidest song ever, but I love it so much. Uh, that song literally, uh, I think the lyrics are literally about Jeff making creme brulee at the restaurant job he had at the time. And I know there's deeper meaning to it and he, you can have him on your podcast and, and he can tell you about it. But uh, yeah, that song was, just like a silly thing that we threw together with like a really cool Stone Temple Pilots 90s riff that was really fun to play. And there's like probably 10 guitars tracked of just that riff. Yeah, yeah. And it it was a total We versus the Shark thing to do in the studio and just like keep adding layers of that riff guitar. And then we had our friend Joel who mastered the album and he's helped record our stuff in the past. And um, we didn't we didn't play him the song. We just told him to come over to the studio and that we wanted him to do something on the album <laughs> and we put the headphones on and we're like i'm gonna point when i want you to do something <laughs> and so the part in the middle where it slows down yeah. and he starts talking about creme brulee is all off the cuff that's amazing and so <laughs> him just like we, he got to the studio and he's like what do you want me to do and we're like the, the song is called creme brulee go and he yeah. did it and so you can hear us in the background laughing our asses off and we took we save that first take and we're like that's it that's it (laughs) it's such a it's such a silly song but it's 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 really fun and it kind of just embraces every every person that's been a part of sharks and and the fun we have with it and the silliness of it and yeah i i like i like having it in the album because it's so positive and fun and it's just like yeah i it's it's silly but it's it's also very much us and i yeah i love that about it well it's not that it's an unserious band or record anyway but i, I there is a, a, a breezy element of fun to all of the work that you put into it and i think that's a that's a fine line 
you know, you can go like yep. just a, just a touch over this way and it turns into something pretty yeah. bad and touch over this way and it doesn't. I think, I think you, I think, I think you made a great record and I think it's a, it's right. a shame that the circumstances being what they are, you know, it's, it's going to have to find a life in a way that is not going around and playing these tunes uh, currently. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. And I mean, I've not, not been shy you. about saying that. I have uh, two more things, Sam, and it's been, it's been great okay. having you. Um, first yeah. is, I think this is awkward as hell, uh, but uh, who's your favorite other Astro person? Oh, did someone put you up to this? Or is this um, your question? I'm not going to say. <laughs> um, hmm, let's see. Like right now, right this second, because I think it changes all the time. Ah, uh, this so, is the diplomatic answer. All right. <laughs> I know they're all they're all so wonderful and great and um, smart and attractive and um, yeah. I think I think right now in this moment, Bird Stuff is my favorite. Um, he not just because he just bought me a new guitar pedal. He texted me yesterday. I think I think. Uh, Part of me now thinks that he, he bought me a new guitar pedal and texted me yesterday about it so that I wouldn't talk shit about him today on the podcast. <laughs> now that I think about it, I, that might be why. But it was a really sweet gesture. He yeah. bought me a new guitar pedal and he just texted me and said, hey, it's sometimes when you get a stupid new piece of, of equipment, it can like make you excited to play again. And I yeah. thought like maybe this would just be a little... A little, a little gift to maybe push you in the right That's direction, really and I thought that was really, that was really yeah. sweet. And he, he, he often does stuff like that, and it's very sweet. And he's, he's very funny. Um, he has made me do the most Vine videos um, on tour ever. Remember when Vine was a thing? I, I, there are I lots, do, yes. There are lots of Vine videos of me on tour doing really stupid shit um, with Brian. <laughs> um, so I think on tour, yeah, he's, he's the most energetic and fun and. Um, yeah, I think right in this moment, because he sent me a present yesterday, um, he'll be my favorite right now. Lovely. That's that's awesome. And then uh, <laughs> last thing, this is a much more serious question. You can choose to interpret it however you like. It's something I ask everyone at the end of the show. But uh, why do you do what you do? <sighs> why do I do what I do? Is that, oh, you said I can interpret it any way I can. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I am a nurse because I really like helping people. And that sounds very generic, but I mean it. Um, I want people to be happy and healthy and live their best life. And I think that can also translate to being a musician. Um, I think I play music for my own health and my own happiness. And I want to give that to my patients, but I want to, as a musician, give that to myself and music makes me happy. And um, yeah, playing live has always made me feel alive um, and feel, feel good and confident about what I do. Um, not every single show. We all have those shows that break us down. But you know what I mean? Like in general, just being able to express myself when I'm not always good with words and not always good at talking. And it's taken a lot of my life to get better at expressing myself in words. Um, music has always been a way that I can express myself and and get that stuff out um, in a way that, that is good for me. Beautiful. Sam, thank you so much. This this has been this has been a blast. Yeah, been great I'm glad we finally got to do it. Thank you. Talked about it for a while. I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry it took so long. Sorry I moved during a pandemic and it took so long. But all, yeah. all worth thank the you wait. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> Take care. 
Be safe. Bye. Oh, there she goes. Sam Paulson. Mean Queen. Reverse the Shark Man or Astro Man. Super awesome.
All right, so that was a little we versus the shark. And some uh, some young up-and-comers called Man or Astro Man. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, and I'd play some Mean Queen, but I don't think it's okay for me to play it yet. But uh, there, there's going to be a Mean Queen release, as you somewhat heard news breaking on this uh, on this very show earlier. So be on the lookout for that as well. I'd like to thank Sam Paulson, Vonanova, Sam Shark, for being a product first. So please go listen to all those bands. Uh, we vs. the Shark. Uh, we vs. the Shark Bandcamp.com. Man or Astroman. All over the internet. Pretty easy to find. Uh, and there's a Mean Queen band page as well. And I think Mean Queen is the band we talked about the least, but I really like that band a lot too. So all that's highly recommended. MeanQueen.bandcamp.com. name the show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. This show airs on Radio Nope on the internet. Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Say yes to Nope. Archives, ProtonicReversal.com, always. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bratonic Reversal. $1 a month gets you the shows earlier if you uh, want to get the shows earlier. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. And take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. if there's no one there to receive. See? 